In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. The ruling on the field stands. We deliver jerseys, funny foam fingers, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game day spirit. What we deliver by delivering. Welcome to the Daily Memphian Tigers podcast. I'm Jonah Jordan, the Memphis Tigers football beat reporter at the Daily Memphian, and today I'm joined by the esteemed columnist, Jeff Calkins. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me here, esteemed co-host or I don't go that far. podcast host or whatever. Well, I mean, you haven't been on in a while. We less had, esteemed. Go- okay, fine. Less esteemed. <laughs> you haven't been on in a while. We had to have you back. Well, it's just it's been good, me and Drew. It's good to be back. So, what did you think of the Tigers' win over the weekend, 42-6, to over a, a team that played Nebraska pretty tough? You know, to me, well, I thought it was dominant um, and uh, and impressive because of of that. Um, to me, the it wasn't so much the Nebraska thing. I, listen, I'm, as someone who grew up with the sports teams that always lost, I tend to be fretful in advance so (laughs) i was fretful that this might be a struggle not as much because of the nebraska thing because i've always thought nebraska um was wildly overranked um the idea that that they were ranked at the top preseason top 25 seemed absurd to me and seemed to be evidence of the bankrupt quality of the entire ranking system and the bias towards power five but um but because uh south alabama played Memphis into the fourth quarter last year. I don't know if this Memphis team is better than last year's team. I know elements of it are and elements of it are whatever. And so they, they, they played Memphis into the fourth quarter last year. And this game was obviously an away game for Memphis and Memphis struggled a little more on the road. So for those two reasons, I was curious as to how this would would go. I thought it was sort of important for momentum purposes to at least go into the bye week and go into this Navy week undefeated. I mean, I think it it helps everything about the program. And then the fact that they just came out and just simply demolished them, took control, never in doubt, in some ways, most impressive um, effort of the year, I thought. And I listened, listen, I was at the Touchdown Club last night where Mike Norvell was talking about the teams and talking about how, and this is a little bit coach speak, but, but, but he said, he just, he, 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 he judges it against, he, he wants to be the best that this team can be, right. Yeah. Just did it yeah. fulfill its potential. And as he talked about it, <clears throat> the way he talked about this game is, I think he thought that the team came closer to fulfilling its potential against South Alabama than it did in either of the two previous games. He talks about how nauseous he felt about um, some of the stuff they put on film from the Ole Miss game. And obviously they started out uh, in the second game with defensively, but were sort of rocked a little bit. And so I think just start to finish, this was, Obviously, it's an, it's not Ole Miss as an opponent, but start to finish, I thought it was the best game they played. I think it's hands down the best game they played. I mean, they dominated start dominated, to finish. It right. was never close. It was never in doubt. I mean, we, right. we were sitting up there in the press box, and it was like it was pretty clear Memphis was going to win in the second quarter. I mean, South. Oh, Al- it was from almost like the second yeah, drive. I mean, like you just like they 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 were the dominant team, and then of course 
Oh, the, the South Alabama loses their running back. That yep. didn't help, but I, I don't think they yeah. they didn't seem like a threat before that. No, either, I mean honestly. Memphis's offensive line was moving people at the point of attack. I mean Kenny Gainwell, who's been a revelation this year. I mean, where would they be without him when it with Patrick Taylor out? Uh, but the only thing that seemed kind of off, and Norvell addressed it a little bit after the game, is he said. Brady was just okay. Brady White was just okay. He was missing guys high, that he was doing things they'd never seen him do before. He didn't have – he threw three touchdowns, but visually, as is the case with Brady White, it wasn't a aesthetically no, pleasing thought, game. Listen, I'm a, I tend to be on the, on, the, on the Brady White debate, which is constantly ever-raging. I tend to be uh, more pro-Brady White than, than most, and I didn't think he was that great. Um, he just – well – he wasn't bad. He but, just wasn't great. But he, it was an op. It would struck me. It was an opportunity for him to have. I thought he had a really good second game, and it was an opportunity for him to have another game like that. And um, and he didn't. Um, the uh, you know the long pass to Magnifico could have easily been picked off. Probably yeah, should have been picked been. off. It should have been. Um, and so he got he got that. Yeah, he had he missed high a bunch. It was the the Demonte Coxy. I mean, yeah, theoretically. Demonte had both hands on it. He should have caught it, but it was high. It was too high. He right. it bounced off no. his fingers and and so yes, I thought uh, if if game two you looked at Brady and said, "Man, he's zipping it in there when you give him time." Uh, game three, he was not as much, and so I think that's clearly it, it was not a game that gave you that that built on the confidence that yeah. game two might have given you. Yeah, and it was it was kind of strange. I mean. I've never seen him miss high. We're used to him under-throwing a lot. I mean, I think his best pass of the day, or one of his best pass of the day, was his first one where they went deep to Pop Williams, who is now injured. But it looked like pass interference on that. It looked like it could have been a big play if it hadn't been for pass interference. But it just seemed like a slow decline from there where he just was missing all over the field. And they probably would have beaten that team by way more, and Brady wouldn't even have been in in the third quarter or part of the third quarter if he had been better. I do wonder how much that's going to hurt them down the stretch because Navy may have been one of his lowest points last year outside of probably the two-lane game, uh, where he really he tried to take him down the field at the end of the game, and he struggled. And it ended up costing him where he couldn't move around. It was raining. They had turned the ball over a little bit. How do you think this Navy game is – what do you think this Navy game means for the rest of the season? Because it seems like there was a lot riding on it. It seems like a lot of people think it's going to uh, or like mean a lot down the stretch, or it could be – we would know a lot about this team one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, yes, it – for this team to continue to listen for whatever reason there's this perception that this team should go undefeated right or and and for them to continue to I, i've never believed that that it had to go undefeated but um there is no game on the schedule that is you look at and say that one's going to be really tough they should lose it right there just, there just isn't and so this is another one it's home um and so I, I, it's honestly a game where they've set themselves up to if they win, I believe they'll break into the top 25. They're only two spots out now. Um, so, yes, it's an important game. Navy looks good. Um, and then furthermore, we've seen Adam Fuller's defense look spectacular. Yeah. But we haven't looked, seen it look spectacular against the option. The triple option. Just because yeah. we, we don't know. And so um, – and yes, I think – listen, in terms of Brady – there will be games where he has to play very well and and win the game for them. I mean, it'd be at least a critical part of winning the game for them. Uh, I, to me, and I've, this is my point a lot. 
I think Brady is not particularly any better or worse than any other part of this team. The offensive line can't have a bad game either, or they won't win. Or they won't win, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, the the defensive backfield can't have a bad game either, or they won't win. And so, um, so. I don't think he's the kind of quarterback who can lift this team to greatness on his own broad shoulders, but is he about as good as this team? Generally speaking? Yes. I don't consider him a weak link. I can but if you're saying, is he elite? No, he's not elite. I don't think he has to be elite to beat Navy. I don't know. There's anyone on the schedule. He has to be good, yeah. but I don't think there's anyone on the schedule who you have to say, Brady has to go out and win this game unless they happen to get to a BCS. Well, then you might need him to be elite. He's got to be good. He's got to be efficient. He's got to be accurate. He's got to take care of the ball and he's got to make some plays down the field. And, um, and he can very clearly do that against Navy. And if they don't beat Navy, it'll take some of the steam out. But last year they were four and four and it was a, still a fun year ended up, you know, I mean, that was one of the, one of the points that, that, um, that Mike Norvell has made yeah. is that last year they were four and four. They didn't focus on anything other than just being better the next moment. And, and when next thing you look up and they're playing UCF again, by the way, though, UCF looks unbelievably oh, great. great. So yeah. like, um, you know that that that's one where Brady might have to be a lead to beat UCF, and they just yeah. keep stumbling. And they got a freshman quarterback last year. I mean, this this past week who lights it up. Um, although that may say as much about Stanford as anyone else. I mean, I don't like Stanford's particularly good. No, but, Stanford's not great. But so, what would you have said before the season if I had told you through three games Memphis is top five in opponent yards per game, opponent average score per game, and top ten in third down? Uh, Third, third down. I would have said, conversion. what kind of drugs are you taking, John? No, I mean, of course, yeah, it's the funny thing is, is this is what Memphis used to be. Memphis used to be this great defensive team that couldn't score. Now they're, they can score, but they, it is not totally foreign that they play defense. It just is totally foreign in the last 10 to 15 years that they play defense. And it's nuts that they're this yeah. good. It's crazy that they're this good. It's and and you can say the opponents haven't been very good, and that's true. But if you look then at Ole Miss, what Ole Miss did, for example, against Arkansas, they were able to run Southeast the ball against Louisiana. Arkansas. Like they, they ran the ball, they couldn't run on Memphis, but they could run on Arkansas. And Arkansas isn't great either. But but um, um, and then furthermore. Memphis has given up a lot of yards to bad teams the last two years. You know what? For, East Carolina puts points up on them. Everybody puts points up on them, and so that same the, South Alabama team last year right, put, put up thirty five on them. Put up thirty five on them, right? So, um, so the competition has always been. They don't they don't play a murderous schedule. The competition has always featured a bunch of cupcakes in there, and the cupcakes still score. They just happen to outscore them. And so the fact that they're doing this, one of the things that's interesting to me is this: is that. Adam Fuller, everybody gives him credit, and as well he should, right? One of the things, though, is this is interesting to me, is that Mike Norvell always says, he points out, in addition to giving Adam Fuller credit, yeah, he always points out, we've said all along that we've got athletes who we've been developing, and now you're seeing it, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying he does it to detract from Adam Fuller, because he's not. He very clearly has enormous faith in Adam Fuller and, and everything else. But I also think he wants to make clear that that there's another part to this, which yeah. is. I mean, and I, I wonder how. What, what do you think of that? How much is the? How much of it is Adam Fuller? How much of it is a talent accumulation and development? I think they had they had the talent last year. I mean, I'll look at their biggest contributors: Bryce Huff, O'Brien Goodson, Jacoby Francis, T.J. Carter, Andre Thomas, Sanchez Blake, Austin Hall. 
all those guys were on the defense last year. Like your newcomers, Everett Cunningham, that Will suggests Clemens. it really is woeful coaching last year. It could suggest that, yeah. I mean, the scheme change, the attitude change. I, I think that's contributed in part to a lot of this. I mean, the scheme is better. I think. I mean, you know, we can't argue that. I mean, I don't think this year if they had kept the same scheme from last year, kept doing the same things from last year, that we would be sitting here and having the same conversations about the defense. I really don't. I mean, there's right. been an obvious shift in scheme, an obvious shift in attitude, and how they play, especially at the cornerback position. A lot more position. pressure. Yeah, they they blitz. They're cr- very creative in how they blitz. They blitz to safety in the first game, which I don't think they did at all last season, or at least I don't remember it. I mean, right. like they're doing things that I haven't seen them do in a long time, maybe even since like 2014. I mean, that last Fuente defense wasn't good. That, that was the Galen Scott defense that got ripped to shreds a lot. I mean, they they had real trouble stopping people. So, I mean. Adam Fuller deserves credit for taking the talent they have and molding it into something that works, which is what Mike says a lot is he says, we are a system. We build our system for playmakers. We look at the playmakers we have, we look at the athletes we have, and we put them in the best position to succeed. And I think Adam Fuller has done that. I think he's actually done an amazing job at that. I mean, he's done a better job than the offense at this point, but the offense is having problems because of the way you said the offensive line, the quarterback stuff. I mean, those two kind of play go hand in hand, but I mean, he's, I bet, one of the best non-Power 5 defensive coordinators out there. I mean, it would be really hard to keep Well, on. he certainly came with with high uh with with good credentials and was well recommended. I'm I'm one of the things that interests me is and I I suspect this is true. Norvell said this last night is if you look around the country, there's only one coach who has hired to hire more assistants um than Mike Norvell has over the last 2 years. Ooh, is it Saban? And it's Nick Saban. Yeah. That is extraordinary, and that really does speak to a how well respected the Memphis program is now, but um, and and b how how what an unbelievable um, job does Mike does at evaluating coaching talent. Um, it's really important to be able to evaluate yeah. player talent, but to be able to evaluate coaching talent. Uh, yeah, to is, be able to sit is across critical the table for and someone. say this guy's going to get it done, yeah. both on the recruiting. Uh, both in recruiting and in X and an O, but you know the, the the fact that you can, I mean, look at some of the guys they've lost and to where they've lost Auburn, Notre Dame, like it's it's yeah, it, it's it's. Look kind at of, Will Hall's doing out at Tulane. He has he's right. an offensive coordinator at Tulane, and he's he's been great. He's been yeah. fantastic. And they and they're their favorite at Houston this week, and they're and they just keep rolling. And it, I just think it is it's funny because I I commented on Mike's gray hair. Uh, earlier this year and he's clearly a little self-conscious about it. he talks about it all the time now but that as much as anything <laughs> is i do think having to re- it's one it's one thing having to rebuild a team every year because you lose players or whatever it's another thing to have to rebuild a staff every yeah, year because and that- not one guy missing but because then you've got to train them in everything that you do and that you stand for and that the program I mean, they had gas at the facility over the summer having to teach these new coaches, the offense, on top of Norvell having to be there and teaching these guys this right. offense and Fuller there teaching people, hey, here's what I like to do on defense and here's what we're going to do here and here and here. It's been a it's been a process ever since they got the staff full. And even when he got the staff full, they had they lost a guy to Mississippi State. Right, like he hired somebody After, to, in the wake of that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then they no, it's, it's been really do. impressive, and it's it's been. I mean, I hate to say it, it's there are some programs where win or lose, people are going to show up. Memphis is not that program yet. And so the fact that 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 
um, that they have this. I mean, it's. I suspect it'll be a very good crowd. Uh, and for Navy, Navy for Navy Thursday, it's yeah. it's tough that it's a Thursday night game. I it's think. tough that it's a Thursday night, but I think it'll still be a very good crowd. Navy always brings people, obviously, because of Millington, and um, and so they will bring people. It's on national TV, and they've got another chance. And if they win, and if they win persuasively, I do believe they'll be in the top twenty-five. Okay, now let's take a brief message from our sponsor. The Daily Memphian Tigers podcast is brought to you by FedEx. Possibilities. What we deliver by delivering. Last week, we mentioned on this podcast that we were giving away Memphis Tiger tickets for the Navy game on September 26th. The way you can enter to win is by going to dailymemphian.com slash tiger tickets, enter to win, and the winners will be notified by September 23rd. Okay, so Jeff. Yes. How good do you think the AAC is this year? How much have you been paying attention to? I think it's good. Uh, I think it's good. Um, but I think it's, I don't know if, if it's as good at the top, I think there's more balance is what I would say. I mean, obviously, um, Tulsa stinks, right? Yeah. Tulsa's not good. So Tulsa stinks, but I think Tulane's pretty good. I mean, you look at the games that they have left, um, uh, Temple doing what they did against Cincinnati. Now, mind you, Cincinnati, was Maryland. I mean, Temple Maryland, I'm sorry, Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. Doing what they did against Maryland, Maryland drove the ball on them. Um, and but Maryland had converted something like 16 out of 17 times that they'd been in the red zone prior to playing Temple, and Temple basically stuffed them. That was a so that was a and and heck, Maryland had been averaging 71 points a game before that game. Temple's a good team. That game's on the road, definite losable game, right? I think Houston and Cincinnati have both been a little disappointing relative to expectations. Yeah, but still good, like good teams that I think are are you can th- those games will be in those games will be in doubt. Um, I think SMU SMU's been impressive, much better than They're people expected. TCU this weekend, and well, um, and and Tulane. So I think I don't think I guess what I was going to say is I don't think the top is as good yeah, as people not. expected the top to be. But I think top to bottom, there's like who's the who's except for like who's the dregs, right? Uh, who, who's the dregs that's on the schedule? Um, Tulsa, Tulsa. Um, I mean, Memphis is going to have tough games against Tulane, Houston, USF's not good. That's another right. one. Like, but. I mean, I think every game the rest of the way is going to be is, a little is bit Is winnable test. or losable, right? Yes. They're all but winnable and losable. I ask you that because the, one of the most often questions I get the most often is, oh, if we go undefeated, can we get into the Cotton Bowl? Can we get into the Cotton Bowl? Can we do this? And I don't know. Is the AAC good enough to where if you go through and you go undefeated? In the past, it has been. But is it this year? Is it good enough well, to yes, where you can probably, do that? Well, I don't know. Like Boise State. Boise is, State. Yeah, is the, obviously the, the, the issue there. One nice thing is, is that because UCF has earned the respect that it has earned now, and mind you, it's probably hasn't gotten as much respect as it should get, but um, but they have clearly, you know, the, people believe in them. In order to win the AAC, you've got to beat UCF, yeah, and you will might well have to do it at UCF, and so you will have that as a feather in your cap, which might help you, yeah. Then, um, so so I think it's possible. Uh, but my general feeling is these things tend to sort themselves out. There's not usually two undefeated teams from outside the power five and you're picking the best one. There's normally, uh, both normally teams have, have a hiccup somewhere along the way. I'd love to have to worry about that issue, but do I, is you don't expect the Memphis to go undefeated, do you? Yeah. Including UCF. 
You well, expect them? Oh, the, whoa. <laughs> um, I think they could very much well win the rest of their games. I think the offense will sort itself out. I think out. they could very they well. Could. That's different from whether you expect them to. I don't know what to expect. That's the problem is this team has kind of been a curve, like been up and down. It's like before with Riley Ferguson, you knew what you were going to get. But even then, you didn't really know what you were going to get. He could throw three picks. I don't think he ever threw three picks, but one How time many did in he against Ole Miss, how many did he pick? Throw two. D threw two. I think so. But I mean, like, when they he, lost to UCF, he thought he threw a bunch of picks in that game too. They okay. he threw. I, he threw. But, but you knew Riley like, could throw picks. Like, oh yeah. One of the things that I object to is when people. It's because the Brady comparison. I love Riley, um, but in the in terms of the Brady comparison, people are are turning the two his predecessors into Tom Brady, and uh, Riley had. I mean, he threw 19 career picks. Last year, Brady White had nine. Riley had nine in his last season at Memphis and 10 the year before. So there's not a huge difference right. there. They're, they're, yeah. So anyway. They're, but um, uh, my point yes. is, is this team... Riley, of, Riley was better at making plays down the field. He also had Anthony Miller, by the yes, way. Yes, he did. He could throw that ball up and Anthony Miller was coming <laughs> down on that sucker. Yeah, exactly. And you knew that because that was a consistent thing. They haven't had a consistent thing on offense no, except for the they running have a game. better defense. That's why I say, is this team better or not? I don't know. They're better defensively. They, I, I think they could. They're be. clearly not as good offensively. And that's what we talked about at the top. Is Mike Norvell talks about it a lot. Is they could be better. This could they have put the potential to be as to be as good as they were last year I or better. I don't think they have the potential to be better offensively or as good offensively. But they, they have, have a better the potential to be they better They have potential team. to be better team generally because the defense is so much better. Yes. Yes. Moving on. Because I want to ask you about this. Somebody was talking to me about this the other day. Is that Memphis is successful because the school is pouring more into it. And it has Memphis is pouring more into their football program than they ever have before. And that Mike Norvell has been put in a position that nobody, no other coach has been at Memphis. And I generally agree with that. Is that something you see continuing into the future? Do you think that well, will continue? Well, two things. I don't. I, I do believe there is a correlation between what you put into it and what you get out of it. I think that's absolutely true. I think if Justin Fuente and Mike Norvell had been the coaches instead of uh, Rip Shear and Larry yeah. Porter, even when they weren't like, like the truth of the matter is, people don't realize this. Tommy West was the highest played. Tommy, Tommy, who said, "Put more into it before we get it." Like he, he was talking about the practice facilities. Yeah. They should have been better, right? Tommy was the highest paid coach in the uh, conference at one point. Like it's not like they. They weren't at the low end of spending then um, yeah. in in Conference USA. They were not. They they were not at the low end of spending then. Do I believe that they will continue to invest in football? Yes, I believe they'll continue to invest in football. Do I believe that that guarantees success? No, I think they. I don't think they're good because they're putting things into it. I think that helps. Yes, I think they're good because they've had two very good coaches um, more than anything. And I'm, if they if Mike ever leaves and they pick someone who's not good. They can put whatever they want into it. And it won't matter. And it won't matter. They won't be good. Well, I brought I brought this up because somebody in the last few weeks has told me, um, one person, it's not a wild thing that Larry Porter, if he had gotten this the amount of support that Mike and Justin had, that he would have been just as success, successful no, as Larry Memphis. was a disaster. I literally waited for two weeks to talk about this because I wanted to hear no, your he, reaction he to it. No, he just was over his head as a coach. He was not a, he was, he's a very good position coach, recruiter, et cetera. Yeah, he's else. doing great. Larry's not a head coach material. He's just not. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but it's not Larry just, I mean, listen, Rip had more, much more success than Larry did, but, but, um, no, it's not about, Mike's good because he's good. Mm-hmm. Mike's not good because of the support. The support helps, but you know what else? Being good helps you then get more support. Yeah. 
when you see when you see results and you're winning, it's much easier to raise money um, and enthusiasm if you're winning. And so, um, winning begets support as much as the other way around. And I think if you have a bad coach, it doesn't really matter. Just like look at there are lots of programs around America right now um, from USC and uh, you know UCLA and Michigan has had its struggles. You can Michigan have State. Michigan State that 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 get gobs of support and have poor, Tennessee. Look at Tennessee. Yeah, <laughs> how much money do they have? They got lots of money. It's 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 not. There is a big correlation between money and winning, but it's not a direct line. No, and I think I generally agree with you. I just wanted your take on that because I do think Norvell has the potential to do something that we've never seen in Memphis before. He's going to take them to their highest point. And then then what? Then there's that question of what comes next, and that's always an interesting question, an interesting thought process for me because – I mean, if he the theory is if he take if he takes him to a New Year's Six Bowl, he loves Memphis, but theoretically another place. Oh, I mean, coach ultimately comes- Mike will leave. He yes, sh- he, Mike should leave, and um, ultimately, and then you just have to. And and the problem is, is that it's not easy to hire a coach. Again, look at Tennessee, and if you are at a program like Memphis, you can't afford to miss because it's harder to just make him go away and and regain that momentum. We saw that with Louisville for year after year after year. They had really good coaches. Then they hired uh, was it Steve Craigthorpe, I think, who didn't who like who who didn't yeah. succeed, and and so. Um, uh, uh, it's not easy to hit a home run every time. And when you are at a program like Memphis, you have to hit a home run every time. It does give you some confidence, however, that um, they have hit a home run the last two times. And by the way, they just hired an athletic director who's known as a very smart, shrewd guy. So hopefully, if it comes to ever comes to replacing Mike Norvell, that they'll do, they'll do a fine job replacing Mike Norvell. Well, I think that'll do it for today. I think me and Jeff covered just about everything that we could at the moment. Um, Except for happy birthday to the Daily Memphian. Oh, yes. And you can buy Daily Memphian swag. Do you have to know? happen to know off the top of your head where you can get the swag? DailyMemphian.com slash store. Go DailyMemphian.com slash store. Because presumably, if you're listening to this, you're likely a Memphian. You probably are a Memphian daily. And so you will want something that says Daily Memphian. It's sharp looking, and you should buy it. And no one told me to say that, but but I love my Daily Memphian shirt. And y'all should oh, I got too. I got my Daily Memphian You got hat your hat on. on right now. I get more swag than anybody, though. Yes, exactly. Okay. You got to hook up. <laughs> All right. So you can find the Daily Memphian podcast, which are powered by the OAM Network, anywhere you find your podcast, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. Shoot it! Yeah! We deliver tickets, team merchandise, and everything you need for the game. But what you really get is so much more. FedEx delivery. Game Day Spirit, what we deliver by delivering. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com, truth in place.